Hello, this is Seductive Storm and welcome to my podcast. I hope you'll enjoy it from time to time. It'll just be me talking to you on topics and other times I'll have co-hosts or people that I'm interviewing. So get ready for some real talk with Storm. Hello everyone, I just wanted to let you guys know, first of all, thank you so much to everyone who has been thanking me for creating this podcast. Um, Those of you who may not know what you're listening to, although you should, this is Straight Talk with Storm. I'm known in the industry as Seductive Storm and I have been a companion uh, for 18 years total, although I did retire uh, twice for about a year each time. But overall, I've, I've been doing this a long time, and I've made a few interview and podcast rounds this year, and I just felt like there was a need for a podcast that was relatable to everyone, or, or at least to the online community of sex workers, one that encompassed and welcomed everyone to the table, uh, not just the elite, not just the upscale, not just the VIP, but even the mid-grade and the, and the lower bracket um, because everyone needs to feel some type of support and education in this thing. And so um, I hope each one of these episodes will be enlightening to you or make you laugh. Some might even make you cry. Some might make you angry as shit with the things I say or the things other people who are on here are saying. But at least we're opening a discussion and hearing each other. So please tune in every episode and I hope you'll enjoy it. Thanks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to an overdue episode (laughs) of Straight Talk with Storm. I apologize, guys. As you know, um, I have been super, super, super busy dealing with my web design stuff. Also dealing just with life. Um, I'm still operating on a more shut-in concept than a lot of people are. I've chosen not to get vaccinated as of yet. I plan on getting vaccinated in the fall when I don't care if I have any residual uh, side effects. So, yeah. Um, But in the meantime, I have been working on my food stuff. Um just so many different things and it's been fun it's also been stressful but it's been fun I also do want to shout out um, a podcast I was just on I was on an episode of um, one second I have to find what the show was called my bad bear with me here I was on an episode of the Babble On podcast by Vanessa Ontiveros. I hope I'm saying your name right. If I'm not, I apologize. Again, it's the Babble On podcast, Vanessa Ontiveros. And um, you can find it on Spotify and Google Podcasts and a couple other places. 
um, we had a very frank and open conversation about all the different ways that sex workers are using their voices, whether it be podcasts, blogs, things of that nature, um, to destigmatize sex work and to also hopefully open the public's eyes to it. So just want to make you aware of that. And I think I just messed up my music vibe here. Got it. We're back to it. All right. So today's episode is going to be uh, based off of the following. One second, please. I'm sorry, guys. You tell your children that you're recording something and then they they want to talk to you. Hold on, please. Just going to message her. I apologize, guys. All right. So, um... Basically, we're going to get into the following. Um, I have been toying around with an idea of something that I may or may not end up doing. But what I may do in the meantime is let you guys in a little more over the course of time um, with my life. If anyone is interested, I've always been told I should write a book. Um, about my life and my journey and I kind of want to do it verbally though and maybe tell my story not as a podcast but just do some actual recordings and I want you all to know the me I was in sex work but I also want because I feel like everybody knows that me although they may not know how I arrived there but what I definitely want you guys to learn is about who I was, my childhood, which was actually probably more wonderful than most people's are. And uh, then my adult life, where my own decisions led me to some not good parts of life. So eventually we're going to get into those things. Um, But let's start a little bit. I'll give you just a, a little bit of intel I've told my story plenty of times in regard to how and why I became a sex worker. Um, But I want to... I want to make people who think they know everyone's story and that we're all the same. I just want to make them throw that idea in the trash can. So, did I come from a broken home? My home was broken when I was three. My mother left an abusive marriage when I was three. I am her, was her only child. My father went on to have other children. Um, and I have a stepfather who I actually call my dad. My father is my biological person. Him and my mother are both dead. Uh, they probably died within two years of each other. So I have, for all intents and purposes, been an orphan, if you will. But... Um, my grandparents raised me. So even though I product of a broken home, my grandparents raised me. They were married 50 years. Well, almost 50. They got to like year 49 before my grandfather passed away. Um, my grandfather, crazily enough, was a math genius. 
was the son of a sharecropper in Maryland. Um, one of the first black men to do a few things. Um, did not have much of an education. This is a story of opposites attracting. My grandfather had second grade education, but went on to build a real estate empire in Salisbury, Maryland, near Ocean City, Maryland. If you've ever heard of Ocean City, which is where I was raised with Salisbury, Maryland, before becoming an adult and living in Baltimore. Um, and we, I grew up, we owned 30 rental properties, an antique shop, a fleet of historic restored cars. Um, we had a less fortunate cousin who uh, wanted some work when she became a senior citizen. And so she was employed during my teen years as both a way to keep me from doing sneaky stuff, although she didn't really prevent that. And she also was like our housekeeper two days a week. Um, my grandmother, on the other hand, came from, at that time, the most affluent black company on the Eastern Shore, not company, family, on the Eastern Shore of Maryland. She held like two degrees and she taught uh, school for 50 years. My grandmother was my principal's and uh school superintendent's teacher there was nowhere where my grandparents weren't known both of them um so um as my brother would tell you if I ever had him on the show my brother on my father's side when I was 16 I had like well no not 16 by the time I was 18 I had like two cars not one two um, and so, yeah, I had a very charmed, very spoiled childhood. What I will tell you, though, is uh, there were times I was very unhappy. I tried to, my weight went up and down. I got skinny and stayed skinny from the age of uh, 15 going into 16 up until around the age of 29, so those years were the only years of my life where I was actually slim. When I was in elementary school, I was the chubby kid who got picked on. And the first year of high school, I was the same. Um, and so that's why I always say I know what it is to be the slim girl, the medium girl, and the BBW girl. And I found that all those experiences made me able to love myself in either version of myself. Um, I have been fortunate that I was not the stereotype where any type of sexual abuse happened to me as a child, per se. Uh, around the age of 20, and I've told this story before, I did have an uncle, if you will, who uh, did sexually touch me inappropriately. Um, but by then, between the years of 17 to about 23, I did not understand my own worth. And that just goes to show no matter how good a kid has it, no matter how fortunate, how blessed, how charmed their childhood is, once they start branching over into adulthood, things can happen. Um, and because I equated, by the way, I didn't even lose my virginity until I was close to my 17th birthday. And that was to the first 
love of my life that I had dated for three years, even though he wasn't a very good boyfriend back then to me. And we continued our friendship up until a year ago um, when we had a falling out because I'm a feminist. I'm very strong. I'm very alpha. But the me he knew then when we were children wasn't. And so I think he still had that idealized version of me. And he is now engaged. And so we would talk about his current relationship. And when we would talk about his current relationship, um, he got upset because I said that a man does not have the right to tell his partner what to do in any aspect of her life. He can make suggestions, but he cannot demand and command her. She's an adult. Someone's already raised her. Well, that didn't sit well with him, so he decided we're no longer friends. Oh, well, c'est la vie. At any rate, um... I only had that one experience, though, and then I had one experience while being a sex worker of, now, this was the worst experience of a, of a sexual assault. Um, I have been finding out recently some own demons in my family have come out to roost, and um, I found that my two younger children um, have actually endured some uh, inappropriate things when they were younger uh, that unfortunately they took so long to tell me that now the um that now the actual the actual uh course of time for us to pursue criminal action is gone But once my youngest child becomes 18, we are going to still find a way to make those people pay because they have to. Let me tell you something, some of those of you who are listening. You cannot not believe your children. No matter how hard that conversation is, no matter how difficult that conversation is, believe your child first. Do your investigating, do your research, talk it out, and then figure out what the best course of action is for you and your family. But never sweep it under the rug and not acknowledge what happened. Because that's necessary for your children to go on and be healthy and feel believed and feel like they can trust you and like you're really there for them. So that's all I'm going to say about that. But... Moving on. Um, I've gone through this journey. I've been the charm child with the perfect life. I've been the beaten and abused, non-sexually, but beaten girlfriend between the ages of 19 up until about 28. I suffered three instances at three different men's hands of abuse. One, when I was in my early 20s, was more constant. And um, I can tell you, I, I know what that's like. And I actually was strong and fought back and mouthy. And I, I do believe I did not let any of those things emotionally scar me like it does some people. But I think that goes back to being so loved as a child. When you're loved the way my grandparents loved me as a child, even though me and my grandfather, once I became a belligerent asshole teenager, didn't get along. I can tell you it makes a difference. 
even in your worst moments. Um, I was fortunate that that love and that light and all my achievements uh, and all the pride I had within myself and that my family, not all of them, because I was also a teenage mother. I got pregnant my last year of high school. My daughter's now 32. That's my oldest child. And I did have relatives become, I came from an affluent family where no one divorces and no one up until me had been a teenage pregnancy. Um, so, of course, <laughs> there were some tensions there. But the people who raised me, by the time I became pregnant, my grandfather was already dead. It was just me and my grandmother. My mother had remarried. And uh, I had a better relationship with my mother by then. Still nowhere near perfect, but better. Um, But even my mother, even though she didn't raise me, wouldn't let you say shit about me and wouldn't let you harm me. Um, And so I think because of that, even all the times I was abused in either sense of the word, I was able to come out of it strong and whole still. Uh, once I began sex work after my marriage failed, I was already in, I was 30 by the time I became a sex worker. It wasn't in my youth per se. Um, I've always looked younger than I am. So I guess that was a plus. It helped. But what I found, um, that I didn't find, I'm bisexual. I had a girlfriend and we started escorting together when we when I started. It took her a little longer to come in, but she did. Uh, and when she got to a point where it made her feel so bad in her spirit and her soul, I will admit I must have been the equivalent of a strong-armed pimp. I, I own it, and I'm sorry for it. Because in my head, it was, well, you asked to do it. Because I did, in fact, tell her I didn't think she was cut for it. I told her it was going to bother her. She was very innocent and naive, hadn't been expressed, exposed to much in the world. And she decided to do it. And then, because I got used to her doing it and carrying most of the load, because I had been pregnant a couple of times during it, um, the Aries aggressive alpha person in me kind of took over and just bulldozed over her and uh I can admit that looking back at it and I just remember the time she would cry and be upset about it near the end and say how it made her feel and at the time I couldn't understand it but that leads me to the moments the epiphanies I had myself beginning about five years ago um when my children as they became adults My children pretty much knew what I was doing, just without gory details. And they knew I wasn't a streetwalker. They knew I was respectful. They knew I was home. They knew I was still cooking meals and caring about them and taking care of them. And in some ways, doing it made me home more because when I was in healthcare, they never saw me. So actually, in some ways, it made me a better parent. But it did have its emotional consequences for them. And I'm not going to be shy and say it didn't. But overall, their quality of life, I think, at some points was better. And at some points, it was the lowest of the low. We lost homes. We lived in hotels. We went through it all. But it made us stronger in the end, some of us. Not all of us, but some of us. Um, But back to the point. 
Sometimes when arguing with my children about my decision, uh, I would say to them, because I'm a Christian and I grew up with a Christian upbringing, and I think the only thing that was ever hard for me to reconcile in sex work was never anything else that a lot of people have issues with. It wasn't about the family finding out or any of that. It was always just me and my faith going back and forth with each other, like my own inner spiritual voice. Um, And so I remember finally feeling like that girlfriend felt when I said to myself and to my kids with tears in my face that I had sold my soul. And I didn't mean it in the literal sense. I meant it in the there are parts of me that will never be the same because of my sex work journey. But those are not things I want anyone to feel sorry about. Did it have its bad points? Yes. But it also had plenty good ones. So it's like a two-sided coin. There are parts of it that changed me in some probably not so good ways. But those are also survival methods that allowed me to get me and my kids through hell. It made me colder. Uh, I, I can say that. It made me more aggressive. It made me uh, tough. Um, younger me was not this kind of tough. I was always tough. Um, but not, not like this. I believe I became tough originally around the age of 18. Once I had my first child, it's like something in me clicked and I decided to stand up for myself to have a voice. Um, No matter who you were, you were going to hear it from me if I felt like you disrespected or disregarded me in any way. And that started around the age of 18 for me. Um, But life and so many experiences which... I can't get all into in this episode. I'm going to have to go age, <laughs> year by year, I think, when I finally decide to do this, you know, storytelling of my life up to the age of 51, which is where I'm at now. Um, but for everything that sex work took from me emotionally and spiritually, I gained other things. I gained the ability for a long time not to need welfare, not to need food stamps, um, to be able to buy my kids nice things. I think I did a lot of reckless things spending back then, which is how and why we got evicted a few times. I was younger, um, and I think, honestly, I was just in turmoil, um, and, and just I still don't know why. Um, I think for a while, uh, for many years, I always felt like, and sometimes I still do, like I love people, family, partners, the world more than it loves me back. And because I was taught at church, you treat others as you want them to treat you. It took me up until this year, well, rather 2020, to understand, to stop expecting other people to treat me the way I treat them. And so all those years when I was expecting this certain type of treatment and not getting it, it had an effect on me and it made me just, I guess, 
feel hurt and used and bitter at times. But not just with men. I'm talking about just overall with life. I I really felt... uh, And if you read my blog, I'm sorry, y'all. My blog is gone. Um, I made the mistake of not handling its hosting in time. And the hosting company can't get any of all that good stuff back. But remember, I do still have videos of me talking about a lot of things on um wait now i gotta figure out what the name of the site is because i had to change the name of it um storm vision media um storm vision media is still up and if you go to the side that's for providers you'll find all my videos there of me talking about a lot of the same useful topics that were once on my blog um not quite the same, but it is a way to still have some insight from my many years of experience. I was a companion for 19 years. I still have a persona um, out there for when things get normal. If I decide to see people again, but right now I don't know if I will. I am about to be an engaged lady finally after ooh, 13 years of being together and... Uh, I'm not sure if I'm still going to be open to meeting once I have that ring on my finger. We'll see. We'll see. But, um, yeah, so um, for me, when I said to my children I sold my soul and I was crying, it was not, the tears were not because I was ashamed of being a sex worker. I think those tears in that moment were because I did all of what I did. I let strangers touch me. I let myself do things I always swore growing up I'd never do. All to support my family. For my family then to basically make me feel or try to make me feel. Because they had never succeeded making me feel like I didn't do whatever. Because I know I did. And that's why I became so enraged and so angry at anyone even acting like I didn't provide for their needs. Um, I literally gave up every part of the former, more innocent, more... I was never innocent sexually. I was already really, really, really promiscuous from the ages of like 18 and I didn't become a sex worker till I was 30. I was not promiscuous from the ages of 23 to 30 because those are the years I was with my now ex-husband. So during those years I was calm but the years prior, the years after, I'm just me. You know, I'm, I'm a sexual person I'm in menopause now, so I've lost some of my drive, but I'm looking for ways to get that back. My life partner, soon to be fiance and husband, is 16 years younger than me. We've been together 13 years. So I'm doing all I can to still keep our relationship healthy because he's younger. I don't want him running amok, you know. But um, I will say... That those tears were just from frustration of making the kind of sacrifice that you feel to your bones. Because the sacrifice was me. The sacrifice wasn't me just giving up a house or a car. The sacrifice was me. 
The sacrifice was putting aside everything I'd been taught, putting aside my pride, putting aside my normally selfish tendencies and being so selfless, so selfless that I gave the most precious thing I have myself to the world to financially support my kids and for people not to understand it. You'll probably wonder what the point of this podcast episode is. There it is. I just sat it in your lap. The point is that sex workers give people something so precious that the world very rarely understands it and has so little respect for it. You all have no idea what it is to make that type of sacrifice. Um, I'm trying to think of another career where there are sacrifices like that that are made. I think doctors make sacrifices depending on what their specialty is. But those who deal with really dangerous things, um, things that could take their own life, that, that's a sacrifice similar to this. Uh, I hate, cannot stand the popo, the folks. But we do have to acknowledge that uh, that career is also a life-sacrificing, life-changing career for some of them, for the really ones, the good ones who actually care about their job, for the ones who would jump in front of someone, black, white, or indifferent, to try to save them and take that bullet for them. Um, but, you know, honestly, I'm jaded, and I think as a, from where the black community sits, I think only 20 to 30%, if I'm being generous, of police are good cops. And I think the rest of them are shit. But that's my opinion. Um, but yeah, this is a sacrifice. Sex workers make people happy. We take all of your unhappiness and your loneliness into ourselves during the time we spend with people. And we try to better your day and make it better for you. And make you feel things and excitement and happiness. And just needed and wanted during the time you're with us. Do we always get it right? No. Because some of you all make it really hard for us to get it right. And then some of us just uh, are in it for the wrong reasons too. But for the most part, those of us who are professional, who cared, who took the time. Let me tell you something. The clients who have treated me well have had their best time in the world with me. The parents who saw, I mean, not parents, the clients who saw me as a person who treated me like they treat any other woman. I had wonderful experience with them. They had wonderful experiences with me. The ones who saw me only as flesh, though, I was not a good fit for. And they certainly were not a good fit for me. So I think it just depends and you have to find the gents that work for you. Which brings me to screening. So a lot of gentlemen lately, evidently, from what I'm seeing some of my friends on Twitter talk about, are asking lots of questions about rates and screening when it's all laid out already on websites. I'm a website designer. 
For a lot of ladies that you gentlemen see in contact, for a lot of other genders that you see in contact, they, them, he, she, she, her, non-binary. I'm excited for everybody because I love everybody, okay? I want to see everybody win. I don't care about your race, your orientation, what you, just none of it. Doesn't matter to me. If you come to me respectfully, I'll help you. Um, but guys, not to get into this a lot, but here's what screening does. I've done so many episodes and videos now on screening, um, that I don't know how many more times to explain it. I don't know how many more times the providers you're contacting can explain it. If we do not feel safe, you are not going to have a good time. One more time for the people in the back. If we do not feel safe, you are not going to have a good time. I, I don't know what else to say to you. And I turned my music down just so you could hear me good then. Because it's important that you understand what I just said to you. Um, also, the screening process, depending on how a provider does it, gives us an insight into who you are. And to how to set the tone for the date so that you have a really good time. Because a date should be an experience. Unless you're just looking, seeing someone <clears throat> who is not a companion or an escort per se. But is more along the level of a street provider. Um, notice I, I didn't even say prostitute when referring to them because I know some people think that word should feel empowering. I still don't like that word. Uh, call me old school, but to me also as a feminist, I feel like the word prostitute, whore, all of that shit was just made up as negative words to try to disrespect and make us feel like shit. It's right up there with the N word to me. Um, you know, I don't like those terms. To those who want to use those terms, who have no problem with it, you can. It's not about me denying what I was or what I am still to a degree. It is about me using terms that give me and my profession, my former profession, <laughs> the respect that it deserves. Um, so, yeah, but back to it. I feel that you, we should be able to have a good conversation as well as good physical chemistry when I'm with you. I feel like we should know, I should know what music I should be playing during a meeting. Uh, I'm also a chef, so maybe I'm cooking during our time together. And yes, I do travel to cook. I travel to cook. So anyone who needs a traveling chef, hit me up. Um, in private, I will share my chef website. I keep them separate because there's some evil people in the world. Um, but I want to know enough about you. And so does any good caliber companion so that we can decide before meeting if we're going to click. Because sometimes doing the screening process and getting to know each other in those emails, text, phone call, however you do your, your system. She's learning about you. And I'm only saying she, because I'm just old and that's what I'm used to. But yes, again, I'm all inclusive and I mean no disrespect by not mentioning every gender in every sentence. I 
desperately want y'all to know that I know you that I know you're there and that you are as important as the female companions are. Everyone is important. Um but yes. So screening is a two-way street. It's for safety and knowledge. Primarily safety, knowledge second. It sets the tone, it sets the vibe. Transparency goes a long way if you want to have a good date. Transparency goes a long way if you want to have a good date. So it is important, guys, that you know that, that you learn it. And that you, the faster you screen and give a companion what they are looking for, whether it be through email, form, or text, their directions will tell you how they want that information sent to them, and that's exactly what you need to do. It is disrespectful as fuck to not give them what they're asking you for when you want them to make the biggest sacrifice in the world and share their literal human being, their flesh, their soul with you. And quite frankly, it gives a trace back in case you rape, harm, or try to kill or succeed in killing one of us. We are not throwaway people. We are not no human involved, as police like to say. We are people. We are people's sons. We are people's daughters. We are people's mothers, fathers, uncles, cousins. All the things you all have in your civilian vanilla lives, people in the sex work industry also have. And it needs to be respected and cherished the same way you want yours respected and cherished. And, uh... Please stop telling companions, I have a lot to lose. So do we. You're no more important than we are. So, from time to time, as I'm navigating things, you'll probably get some more of these type of podcasts. um, Where I'm sharing stories from my years with you. Because, you know, that's what you do. As you get a little older and you find yourself retired, you share your experiences and your perspectives. You even do it at home. You know that uncle who tells the same story of his life over and over again. I don't want to be that. But I do want to share parts of my journey so that as you all move through parts of your journey, you'll better know what to expect. And hopefully you'll find your confidence and not let the world beat you down. Everyone be blessed. Um. I'm still doing web design. I'm still doing assistant work. In fact, having two solid long-term assistant clients on top of the one I've had for years now would be excellent for me financially um, because I still need a lot more money to make my food business as I would like it and, you know, to support my household and things of that nature too. Um me and my partner are definitely still pumping out good quality websites. Shit, great quality website. Good's an understatement. Um, and I am also available, other persona, temporarily at least, for high-end fly me to use if you want an educated, fun, beautiful, sexy, super fluffy ebony BBW to come and spend some time with you for a weekend or a week and you understand that that is going to 
cost a pretty penny, then uh, contact me. Um, but yeah, so today we kind of re- we went we we did some parallels of my childhood and how I carried over certain things to how I lived other parts of my life and how I looked back as a companion. And I think moving forward in some of these episodes, we will break down uh, some of the adventures I had in different cities where I've lived and worked, um, as well as my hopes for the future for me and for all of the sex work community. I am still trying to find time to fit in interviews of other ladies because I do still want to have guests on here and discuss topics outside of myself and outside of, you know, the usual blah, blah, blah. So I do have a couple of ladies that I was supposed to interview. I have not gotten around to it yet. And if you ladies are listening, hold on. I am getting to it. Um, I'm now about to record my food podcast which, let me tell you, I haven't done episodes since March. This is how behind I am on things. Um, I'm still trying to find time. Voluptuous Confidence, the site was created. The, the lifestyle blog that's going to cater mainly towards BBW, but be welcoming to everyone else. I still haven't found time yet to even start pumping out blogs and doing photography for that. I'm literally trying to run about three or four businesses in three different industries all at the same time and while still being a mom and a grandmom and it is a bit exhausting so I'm and and menopause hormones are just beating the hell out of me so um I am trying to get this to a well-oiled machine I think I'm going to get to a point where I just schedule certain activities for certain dates for certain businesses so I can keep a better grip but thank you for tuning in and hopefully learning some interesting things about me and some interesting things I hope you can take and carry over into your own existence um and yeah be sure to check me out on the Babylon sex work podcast and it's babble then the word on not Babylon all one word all right uh, you can find me on Twitter at SupergirlStorm. And you can find my web design business at Storm Assist with an S on the end of assist. Be well and take care.